Welcome to season three. Welcome to season three of this most unbelievable podcast. We're doing it, Paul. We're doing it, Sherry, and here we are again. Here we are again. So when we started season one, we had no plan. We just explored topics as they came up. And for season two, we made a plan. How do experiences go through the mind, the body, and the heart? Now we go into season three. Do we have a plan? Well, a couple of topics keep coming up. Yeah, so what reoccurring theme do you see, Paul? I see the topic of connection coming up a lot. What do you see, Sherry? Definitely connection, and also persistence. Uh, Connection and persistence. These are pretty big themes, Paul. These are pretty big themes, Sherry, and we'll do our best to cover them well here in Season 3. And we thank you, dear listeners, for joining us as we explore these topics. If you like what you hear and you want to support us, please visit the website and click on the donate button to support us on Patreon. You can also check out our website where you can learn more about the workshops and events we have coming up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Now on with the show. Hey, Sherry, how are you? Hey, Paul. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm looking over to make sure that I actually pressed the right button. I did. I did. Good, because otherwise we'd have to start over. Yeah, we would have to start over. And um, at this point, starting over would be um, getting to 39 episodes and then going back to episode one again, right? Which... Our listeners can do. If you want to re-listen to any of those, you may. I have not done that myself. It's like once it's out, it's out. Yeah, we would have to start over if we uh, if I press the wrong button. We would, we would. But luckily, we hadn't. I mean, we're only forty nine seconds in as it is. That would be an okay start over, I think. Yeah, and we've started more than forty times. We record some other podcasts for some other groups, and we do stuff for our kids and our kids being students and who we adopted virtually legally, if not quite. And uh, yeah, we, we, we start over all the time. We do. do. Every time we, every time we, I actually, every time I I press the button and and we start recording, it feels like starting over. It's like, wow, we just recorded a podcast like 39 times. It's like, let's start over. Let's do another one. Everyone feels like starting over. Well, and everyone, (laughs) is a quiet fake start over right because we start every podcast with like hey paul how's it going what our listeners may not know is like it's one o'clock now when we're recording this episode but we logged on together at 10 o'clock 10 yeah we had a little business meeting had a chat so we've had a few things yeah so yeah but we start our time together over Every time we push the button. We do. And it, it is kind of funny because it's like, hey, Sherry, good afternoon. How are you today? It's like, I know her. This isn't the first time I met her. You know, it's like, hmm, I already know how she's doing. Uh, so it's it's kind of funny to go through the cultural and social niceties of a nice introduction. Um, when I say, hey, Sherry, how are you? I am authentically saying that. I'm also saying, hey, listener, how are you? Right. Let's have right. a conversation here. Right. Well, it is interesting. Um, I feel like one of these days, like we when we start over like this, that when you ask, how are you? I should just like say something really surprising. Like, Shitty. How are you? Terrible, Paul. <laughs> I've had the worst three hours. <laughs> God. Oh, it's been a nightmare so far. I was just talking to this guy. and <laughs> He won't right. shut up. You yeah. know. If... Uh, but we are That's on funny. episode 40. Yeah, 40. Of our midlife podcast. crisis, midlife crisis. Um, so I mean, we will not take our listeners through what every episode up to this point has looked like. Uh, they can start over on their own time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is it is definitely interesting how um, the podcast in these forty episodes has grown. It's shaped. Yeah. Um, our listenership has grown as well. It has. It has. Um, so, so yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think you know we are in 
what are we still in season three for about season three? Month? Yeah. So I think we adopted a seasonal, like truly a seasonal model mm-hmm. uh, where I think we're, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for the solstice. We're win- I, I winter guess, solstice. To, yeah. Yeah. We're waiting December for December 21st. So we got a couple episodes left in us before I'm looking mm-hmm. at the calendar now, which I don't need to do while recording a podcast. We've got four weeks, about four episodes to go four episodes right, before, before we switch over to mm-hmm. season four. And oh my God, season four is going to be extraordinary. I, you're not going to believe all the awesome stuff we're going to talk about. And I have no idea what any of that is. But so sure unbelievable. Be we don't even know. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's such a secret that we don't even know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of funny. And that's a, that's another start over too, though, isn't it? It's like, we just finished a season. Let's start another one. Starting over. Everything's, it's like everything's a start, isn't it? Everything is a start. Um, or the starts are constant. I think maybe this idea of starting over has a lot to do with the way that we see the world, you and I. I think from some of the very beginning, early conversations we've had, we've always talked about how cyclical things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you live a life where you believe that things are cyclical, um, then I feel like starting over isn't isn't the worst thing that can happen to you. It's It's to yeah. be expected, in fact. Try to avoid it. Yeah, like, I mean... I mean, we could rattle off the ways in which things restart. Yeah. Well, I mean, humans love starting over. We don't have to think about it. Yeah, we don't have to think about it that hard in order to do that. Right? Every day is a new Yeah, it's like, did you wake up? Did you wake up? Yeah. Did you wake up this morning? Because you restarted. Mm -hmm. Every Monday is a restart, or at least that's sort of where we draw the line on that, right? It's like the beginning of the week, I don't know, Sunday, Monday, wherever you draw that line. Right, right a start um new month new mm-hmm. year new day new week new season new episode god it's all we do mm-hmm. is, is yeah. start we just start over all the time yeah i think that there's something beautiful in the opportunity to start over though because um i think you get to see things you didn't see the first time around um i remember when i was in college uh, this really horrible thing happened, which is I was finishing a paper and I accidentally saved a blank document over the final draft Dope. at the very end of the drafting period. Um, so I rewrote the whole essay. I had to start over. Um, yeah. And writing it the second time, I saw things I didn't see the first time. I knew the moves that I was going to make going through it yeah, again, right. um, but I was able to see them with fresh eyes, despite the fact that I was horrendously angry as I did it. So you started over, but the thing that you produced was not the same as it was the first time. So you didn't recreate that like in a word for word way. No. because It's like, that- so you, you went through it the first time and you wrote this thing, you went through it the first time. Yeah. And you lost it. And you redid it, and what you redid was different than the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's kind of interesting about that is, so the first thing I did when I realized I lost it uh, was I ran over to Shanks Hall to Lynn Hatfield's office. He was my was professor. over at uh, Tech. Over at, uh-huh, tech. at Virginia Tech. And I was like, oh, my God, the paper's due tonight. And I, I literally was just outside of Burger King, and I did save, and I saved a blank document. Um and he walked me through how to check if I had version history on, right, which right. no one cares about now because we all use like Google Docs and stuff. But right. back in the day, you had to turn it on. And he's like, wah, wah, you didn't turn it on. You're hosed. And I was like, oh, no, what do I do? And he's like, I don't know. You start over. And I was just like, I don't want to start over. I worked so hard on this. And he's like, the more time you spend mourning that draft, the less time you have for the normal one, the new one. So get cooking. (laughs) Yep. Um, It's true. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think a big part of starting over uh, involves letting go of the failed attempt or the abandoned attempt. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the failure of that attempt could be, I mean, using that term loosely could be, uh, work is lost 
uh, as in your case, or it can be, this is not going the way that I thought it would. I'm going to press a reset on this and, and, and go again. Cause you know, I've been thinking about, uh, it's like when I was young and I was playing Candyland, you know, at the kitchen table with the family, I didn't just play it once. Right? right. I mean, it's like I, we played this game and there was an outcome. It's like, let's play again. And then we played again and I might have lost again, won again. Who knows? Right. But it's like, I, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like you play, you get up Candyland or Monopoly and you play it once, you win and you never play it again. <laughs> because it's like, I've already played that game. It's already done. Why would I need to restart? It had the well, and I, I would like to offer a slight revision to what you just said. You yeah. keep referring yeah. to Candyland as a game. Um, a no, no, no. Right. Okay. Candyland <laughs> is an exercise in predestination. Okay. Cool. You don't play it. It plays you. I see. I see. Because you stack the deck. The The winner is determined from the very beginning. You can start it over again. All you're doing is playing out destiny, right? Yes. Yes. That's not a game. It's not um, like there are, deci- there are not decisions to be made. Maybe no. Candyland's not the best. No. Um, uh, but you can't start over at any point. Yeah, 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 and th- and that's interesting. So, um, that's an interesting. Yeah, I never thought about that because Candyland. It's like once the deck is stacked, you know, the outcome determines itself. Because there's not there's not a randomness that enters into it, other than uh, a cat runs over the board or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like life where you spin the lake wheel or Monopoly where you make a decision on do I buy this property or not buy this property, right? right? Or Clue um, where you're trying to like determine some sort of outcome that's been hidden from you yeah no interesting mm-hmm. interesting um yeah that's cool sorry that's i cool. have strong opinions about games yeah I, we figured that yeah we figured that um <laughs> and that, that one in particular it sounds like this. I, I don't know why Candyland sort of came to me it's like that's the one i remember from a kid maybe yeah sorry i, I didn't mean to take that away. that's okay that's okay um it's well it feels random to me and i guess that's it it's like it feels like I have some say in this because, you know, you feel joy when you get a two colors thing where you go, oh, I get to move two colors or whatever um, versus none. Or I guess, you know, I guess you don't lose turns in Candyland, do you? I don't know. It's been a long time so. since it, I it's It's meant for an age group. Yeah, it's meant for an age group that that would not go over well with if somebody lost a turn. So yeah. probably not. Um, so even when things are predestined to go a certain way, you know, whether or not we know the outcome, you know, still the emotions are felt uh, mm-hmm. with with how that outcome goes. You're still bummed out if you lose and you're still super stoked when you win, mm-hmm. even though it was predetermined that way. So yeah, that's interesting, too. But yeah, starting over. So, you know, and the cool thing about uh, Candyland, as it truly is, is that if you play again, you shuffle that deck, right? Uh-huh. So you you do get a different outcome that you don't know what it is. And uh, okay, cool, man. Even though the outcome was predictable from the start, let's randomize that up a little bit and give it another crack and see what outcome comes of this one. Uh-huh. See what outcome comes of this one. Because um, you can always start over. Right. Well, I mean, so I think, you know, one of the things that's cool about Candyland is that um to engage in that game again using the word loosely um yeah. you, you know you're we need to finger quote game yeah right. exactly I like to call it an exercise um yeah. but it it, it you ha- you have to bring to it a certain kind of curiosity um because that's all it is it's like I'm curious who's going to win yeah um but it's not like I'm going to do anything to make it happen. Um, but if you don't like how the outcome is revealing itself, you can choose to, uh, you know, to throw the board game across the room and <laughs> well, proceed you, you blame the person who shuffled the deck, right? I mean, it's their fault. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, sense. yeah. It's always the, the shuffler's, shuffler's fault. fault. Indeed. No when to hold him and no when to fold him. Fold him. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, I think I may have caused us to digress a little bit with my obsession about the That's okay. Candyland. That's okay. Um, I think right before we started this, I told you I was a weird woman and you were like, how so? Here's some evidence. Cool. <laughs> Let's talk about Candyland, for example. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully none of our listeners are of the designated age group to listen to this and make then hard decisions about whether to play that game again. Yeah. I say play it. I say play it. Well, I don't think knowing that this is true about Candyland necessarily, like, it doesn't change the gameplay experience, right? Like, it's not like I have just told a demographic of people that there is no you know, Santa's workshop. There is no land of candy that you're actually going towards in this game, right? Um, you don't get candy at the end. You don't get candy at the end. You get to put the board game away or shuffle the deck at the end and yeah. play again. Um, so, you know, the, the times that I felt like I've started over again with things is more times than I can count, possibly during a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by your... Um, your experience with the paper that you wrote, because it's like the second time you did it, you didn't do it the same way. Mm-mm. But was it? What, a, do you think it? Do, do you think it ended up being a better paper for that experience? Well, I mean, of course. So one of the things that now I understand about writing is that the first draft is always just writing to learn. The second draft is always writing to communicate. Um, so the first draft I wrote, I wrote to learn what I thought. And I never, um, I never wrote second drafts, uh, through college. Um, in fact, I didn't start writing second drafts, uh, until after graduate school. Hmm. Um, I, as much as I would talk to students about the importance of revising and, you know, coming to it fresh and blah, blah, blah. I was a hypocrite. I never liked to have to start writing over. Um, but I Mm -hmm. do think when you come back to a topic a second time, um, you bring to it everything you learned through the first time. And hmm. so the way you navigate it when you start over is different. Hmm. Yeah, necessarily. Uh, so you were able to power through some frustration. You were able to power through some, because you said, you know, the, and I think there's some truth to this, you know, although we don't necessarily say it kindly all the time. We'll get over it, Spiegel, right? <laughs> uh, the more time you spend mourning it that it didn't go well the less time you have to actually sort of do it and and that sort of of course imbues upon it like a deadline i mean there was a, a specific due date on this so it's like you know a fact you're not going to have as much time to do it the second time as the first time so um quit, quit screwing around and i appreciate that aspect of it um mm-hmm. yet yet you know, um, what does the getting over it to to start again sort of look like in that in that experience with with that case in that case? Do you remember? That was a while ago, wasn't it? I mean, you were an undergrad, right? I was. Uh, yeah, that was a while ago. That was my Ursula K. Le Guin class. We read her entire oeuvre that semester. Mm. Um. So that was. Blah. That was probably 17 years ago or so. Um, So I don't remember exactly. um, But I do know what starting over often feels like for me. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what has to be acknowledged when you think about something like starting over is whether or not you have agency in, in the start over. So there are times where I will abandon a particular draft uh, or a particular way of being in the world. And I know that I'm making the choice. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, That process of grieving what could have been or what was forming and beginning again in that context looks very different than if you are, you know, whether you're forced into it or whether you choose to do it totally different Mm -hmm. experiences right it's like did you quit your job or did you get fired right that's going to change how what you bring to the starting over process right yeah because i mean in in this case of like getting a new job or something like that it's like do you have to get a new job because you get fired or do you want to get a new job because you don't like you don't want to do this other thing and um having a job for many people is one of those things where things do accumulate over time, either little pay increases or a title or, uh, I don't know, help me out here, Sherry. Um, 
you know, seniority, cred, cred, yeah, 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 cred within the organization, office location for whatever that's worth these days. But yeah, you get the corner office if you've been there a while and um, decisions on who does what oftentimes gets this kind of weird seniority thing, Mm -hmm. which can either be an experience or a time, but that doesn't necessarily speak to competency. And so... Um, to, to switch a job is like, okay, I just spent eight years kind of doing this, or I just spent 10 years in my case, I'm doing a thing similar to this, doing this or whatever. And I'm going to stop doing that and do this other thing going in as the bottom person on whatever totem pole may exist in theory, at least with some metric of experience or time spent in the company or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever salary that is proportional to or that I get and then I'll start working myself in. So do I do a lateral move or do I do a pay cut? Either way, uh, I'm starting over with this again. And I think that is challenged or we find that challenging because of uh, many historical things. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole, you know, you're a career person who get a job and they you work for them for 30 years and then they feed into your pension and then you retire. It's like nobody does that anymore. That is a long gone idea, but it's one that I saw my own parents doing, or at least my dad, I think, during this course of my life. Um, and he worked at the same company, organization, um, from the day I was born until the day he died, literally on the day he died. And I mean, I am 14 years into the Virginia retirement system. Yeah, and I'm not not quite there, but, you know, we've both been working at our place for for quite a while. And so there definitely is this this feeling of when when a job is changed, you know, optimistically, starting anew, starting fresh, you know, refocusing my whatever, uh, pessimistically, uh, you know, I, I accumulated this in this old place. Now I'm letting all that go and I'm losing all of that and I'm starting over again and uh, heavy decisions. And do I want to do this? What if I don't like it? What if I don't like it? Um, either way, positive or negative, easy or hard, resistant or welcoming, you're starting over mm-hmm. with new with a new outlook. Right. And I mean, I think that there are, there are some restarts that I would welcome and there are some restarts that would be incredibly uncomfortable, right? Like, you know, at this point, I was noticing this morning, my husband and I were unloading the dishwasher together um, and he was making coffee while we were unloading the dishwasher and like, we have a very small kitchen and we don't really have to have a conversation about who's doing what. Yada, yada, yada. Um, And this is because, you know, we've lived together for 15 years. We kind of just understand how one another work. Uh, And this is like a thing that I think about. Like, I love my husband. I love what we have and how we Mm -hmm. work together. Starting that relationship over. Like, that would be hard. Yeah. Because there's so much that we've learned. Um that even though I know who I am as a person better now, starting over, like, that feels baffling. Like, there's so many things I've probably forgotten that I know about Eric mm. that I would have to learn in a new human. Like, no thank you. That sounds exhausting. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I'm doing a thing at work now where it's like I'm stepping down from one thing, you know, to put my time and attention in other places, just because I know it's my time to do that. It's like, no, this is, Mm -hmm. I'm done with this. I'm I'm moving on. I've done everything I can do. I'm moving on to a new place. Staying at the same organization though. And, and so it's like, I'm not like stopping a, like a, a, a whole job and moving over to a new one, you know? And when I think about people, you know, are you applying for other places? Are you kind of whatever? And my thought is like, my God, that just sounds exhausting to me. <laughs> it's like that requires a level of uh, dissatisfaction with my current situation that I do not have mm-hmm. enough, right, to to take upon myself that endeavor to actually like apply for other jobs and go through interview process. And it's just like, oh my God, that just sounds like a lot of work to me. And that's a delightfully, wonderfully privileged place to be, having job security like that in, in a place. And I appreciate that. I mean, know that not everyone does have that situation. Um, I also think it's the byproduct of the nature of our position. Like, the jobs we have, we have the flexibility to reinvent ourselves every five years. Yeah, we do. More than than most, I think. More than Mm -hmm. most, I think. Yeah, like, you know, like, if I want to start over, like, I've been teaching mostly composition for the last 15 years. 
Um, but I could start over and say, okay, I'm going to change how I teach that class, or I'm going to, I'm going to start teaching more literature classes. You could be like, you know what? I want to have more zoology in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are ways that we could we can do that. We can freshen up without having to totally like blow it up and start over again. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So flexibility seems like it's part of this. I mean, when, when a decision is made to start over. Is that because it's like, okay, this has gone on long, well, this is what I did, right? This has gone on long enough, you know, hit the button, pull the plug. Let's try this again, you know, and that sort of, and I'm, I'm sort of talking about the experiences where we have the ability to quote unquote start over. I mean, you really don't get to make those decisions, you know, too much about like whether or not the sun is going to come up in the morning or whether right. or not the day is going to go from one to the next. Um, when you or me or one makes a decision to start over, does that require flexibility? I mean, is, is that as the result of recognizing when, okay, I tried this thing this way and it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to or whatever I was looking to get out of it I have received or I have recognized that it is not receivable. And so I am going to backtrack down this road to an intersection point where I could go a different direction and I will explore an alternative based on the experiences I've currently had um, and start over at a place where a different outcome might be possible. Yeah. And how do you reckon? So my questions are like five. Uh, one of the time, it's like, how do you recognize when you're at that spot and, and what do you bring to that? What do we have to bring to that? Or what can we bring to that mm. to make it okay to do that without feeling like we wasted 14 years of our lives and is that what starting over means? It's like, well, the stuff that I did, I, sh I, I shouldn't even bother to do because now I'm doing something else. So does that that time spent feel like a failure? Like, and this is why I'm so interested. I, 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 yeah, I realize I'm asking questions and then I keep talking and that can be a little frustrating. <laughs> I appreciate that. Here's five more. So um, this is why your, I paper. usually ask the question before you. Because, yeah. okay, anyway, we've, go we've on. had conversations about like, how long is Paul's turn versus how long is Sherry's turn? And are they proportional? No, they are not. Um, uh, last thing, but this is why I'm interested in, in your research paper that you did that you that you lost. You know, if if you came up with the exact same paper with the exact same outcome, as you did before, a case maybe could be made that it's like you wasted your time on the first one, you should have just started it at the time when you started the next one, because it turns out you can write a decent research paper in five hours or, or, or whatever, you know, but it wasn't different. But uh, sorry, it wasn't the same. It was different. And you know, it was a different product. So yeah. was that was that time wasted when you did the first one? Or it's like I'm changing my a position in my college after 10 years. Was that 10 years wasted? Well, I, I don't know. I'm being quiet think, now. So. Uh, okay. So I think I come to this knowing that I have started over a lot of times. Uh, over the and that paper, yeah, that paper is only one example of that. So if you take a bird's eye look at my career, my career looks very uniform. Um, I have three uh -huh. degrees in the discipline of English. I have two degrees from Virginia Tech. After completing my second degree at Virginia Tech, I started teaching at Northern Virginia Community College where I still teach today. Super uniform. What have I taught? English. So all that, yeah, there, there's been no starting over. I followed one path and I stayed on it. Nice linear trajectory through one's Yeah, and so that's one way we career. can tell the story. But if I tell the story, um, and I sometimes have this experience, I think even, Paul, I think you've said this to me, um, if I really talk to people about the things I've studied along the course, uh -huh. um, all I'm doing is starting over. In fact, one of the reasons yeah, I think right. English studies works for me is because it's a uniquely promiscuous field where, like, we can study whatever happens to be of interest to us. Right. Um, so I started off in science fiction. Um I actually, no, that's not true. I started off in medieval literature, and then mm. I moved into science fiction. Really? I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And then from there, I went into um, sociolinguistics. Nope. 
I started with psycholinguistics, then I moved from psycholinguistics into sociolinguistics, and from sociolinguistics I moved into rhetoric and composition, then I focused within visual rhetoric. Um, and then from visual rhetoric, I eventually evolved into outsider rhetoric, uh, and outsider rhetoric moved into guerrilla rhetoric, and guerrilla rhetoric moved into writing program administration, specifically guerrilla administration. I just make this stuff up, right? Yeah. Like I just, it's yeah. whatever, begin again with whatever you're interested in. Um, and so one of the things that's true for me right now is I'm at a moment where in my mind, the way it feels in my body, I'm about to blow up my life again and start over. Cool. Cool. But it won't look like that to anyone outside of me. It looks like more of the same. So- yeah. What did I do? Like, I am doing a bunch of visual work, uh, a lot of graphics work, uh, which is still just my visual rhetoric stuff in a new skin. Yeah. But now I do right. it for our company, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'm still interested in communication and exploring the way the world works. I just do it in the form of a podcast instead of writing conference papers. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm still interested in exploring composing and how writing impacts humans. Um, I'm just no longer content to only do that in my classroom. Right. I want to do it with humans outside of my classroom, so like my a, formal like a, classrooms. Like a contemplative composing mm-hmm. thing yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I used to want to write monographs that would have my name written on the side of them. And now I am getting better at learning that I'm better when I have a collaborator. Mm. Right. And so like all of it's still true of me. Um, I feel like in some ways, every time I start over, I'm getting closer to the truth of what I'm really looking for. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, I don't know exactly what makes me, you know, throw throw the d- dough off the the wheel and start over again but i know that every time i do it i bring to it something from the false attempt you know what i mean is the um is the get the getting closer to the real you is that a moving target ah <sighs> softball question For me, yes and no. And this is where, like, I start to roll my eyes at the Enneagram. Because, like, a very easy way to respond to this is to say, I am just such an Enneagram 4. And what that means is that the story I tell myself is that I don't have a concrete identity. So I'm always out there searching for my identity. Um... And one of the ways that I know that it's just a story that I tell myself is that every now and then I can convince a dear loved one to tell me who they think I am. And it's pretty consistent. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the way I know that I'm about to shift into a different space has to do with um, where my time and energy goes. Um Once upon a time, I was going to be an architect and I was going to go away and major in architecture. And the way I knew that that wasn't going to happen is when I started skipping my architecture class to go hang out in the yearbook room and work on the yearbook, specifically layout and design work. Yeah. uh, And read nerdy books that some boy had recommended to me. Mm -hmm. Some boy named Eric Spiegel. Right. Like the story's consistent and it looks to me like big restarts. Um. But it's a pretty cohesive narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? How do oh, you I know my, you're about I, to restart? Oh, I blew my life up. I totally blew my life up, and everybody noticed. Mm-hmm. All five people who were paying attention noticed. Um, maybe not everybody. Then those five people <laughs> noticed. You know, and there was a little bit of "What the hell are you doing? Why would you do this?" kind of thing, right? I did have a. Uh, it's it's curious. Um, 
I can't always explain all of it, but I did have a corner office in downtown St. Louis. It was on the second floor, so it was not like it was in the C-suite or anything like that. Corner office, nonetheless, and it looked mm-hmm. over a great intersection that had like a uh, like a, a dumpling noodle place and mm-hmm. an empty and a vacant building. And if you're in an office building in downtown St. Louis, most corner offices overlook a dumpling noodle place and an empty office building because that's what downtown <laughs> St. Louis is sort of like these days. But it was like this back in the day as well. This is back in the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, late 90s, late 90s. And uh, I was it was a full-time job. I had the bennies. You know, didn't pay huge, but it was, I was a salary man, right? Um, I was, you know, wearing pants and shirts with buttons most of the time. Uh, to work. And, was there ever uh, a time in your life where you weren't wearing pants to work? Uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay, um, okay. And we'll get to that later. That's season four, mm. ladies and gentlemen, when Paul did not wear pants to work. And um, uh, it was, you know, working nine to five. What a way to make a living. And, you know, a couple vacation weeks a year that I had to put in for with the boss and reports were written and uh, data was analyzed and, you know, goods and services were rendered. And what the was phone actually was answered. Your job and I was a statistician. Ah. Um, uh, technically, the title was evaluation assistant. What were you uh, evaluating? St. Louis, at the St. Louis Public School District in downtown mm-hmm. St. Louis. So test score data, you know, all this kind of cool stuff. Um, huge database of like multiple decades of, of student uh, student data on uh, everything from placement test scores to uh, evaluation metrics, mm-hmm. all, all the stuff that uh, the government talks about when they say student achievement, all the stuff that they're measuring in order to do that, that kind of stuff. You were studying it. Well, I was... I was, you were measuring. I was measuring. I was. I was summarizing it for people to do unjust things with it. Is is what I was doing. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. This school's not doing well. Should we demolish it, sell it, cut funding, or just let it? Be? I mean, it's like uh, I don't know. If, and so ultimately, after a few years of doing that, yeah, well paid ish. You know, for the nineties anyway. Um, I'll, I'll let that sound speak for itself. It's like. It, it can't be this way. And, well, you know, I feel like no one that knows you now thinks, yeah, I can see why you were so satisfied in that job. Like, yeah, well, I was like, well, but I mean, that and that and that's just the, the challenging narrative of it, though. It's like I had the things that people want at a pretty young age. Um, I had a full time job. I could have coasted in there for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and paid the bills and done the things and had a solid, stable job that with benefits and insurance and all this other kind of stuff. Why would you give that up to start over doing something else? And so why that doesn't require, I think a dis- it's not, it's not that like I made a decision to do this. It's like that woefully under, under describes how that is done it it wasn't uh i didn't do a swat analysis or a cost benefit or something like that a dry erase board was not involved in Mm. kind of sketching out why should i stay versus why should i go kind of thing it's not that it's a reckoning you have to have a reckoning with yourself and i didn't decide to have that reckoning that reckoning decided to have me because i mean ultimately you know whether or not you're miserable doing something and whether or not it's something is satisfying to you or whether you're doing what your heart wants or whether or not you're doing something that you feel called to do um are you satisfied with this being the day of your life that is going to look a lot like the next one is ad uh infinitum and Mm -hmm. the answer was no and so what did i do i (laughs) <laughs> and this is a, a story that is fun to be able to say because everything is sort of all right in the end, the end being today. I quit my job and put all my shit in the back of a car and drove to California to go to graduate school to do something else. So here's a 30-year-old guy who just quit his job walking in uh, onto a campus again, again, 
you know, um, after already having one graduate degree mm-hmm. to start over. But doing something different. So because it's like nope, heart what's what the heart wants. So quit my job, get rid of my stuff, move out of my parents' house, drive two thousand miles across the country, live on the cheap again on graduate student stipend again, uh, eating ramen again, mm-hmm. uh, living in a tiny apartment again, uh, going to classes, sitting in a classroom again. Uh, after after being a TA in graduate school the first time, you know, when I'm teaching the class, sitting in a in a student seat with a 19 year old next to me again, uh-huh. uh, it's 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 all good fun, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, here we a, are again. <laughs> I have a question. It was fun. I have a question. Terrifying and fun. That's it. I have a question. So you've told this story. I've heard you tell this story many times as we. Do tell our finest stories over. Yeah, over. yeah, they're, yeah. They're fun transitional objects. They're fun. For us. I quit my job um, and put my shit in the so car. So there's a way in which, when the story is told by Paul, it has this immediacy. Like yeah. one day I stood up from my desk. Yeah. And I went yeah. home and packed all my shit. Except that's not how going to grad school works. There's no, an application it's not. process. No, no. Blah it blah blah. It was so, a year or two process. Yeah. So the story is told as though. The starting over is an instantaneous day one thing. But what did the actual unfolding look like? <sighs> the actual unfolding of it looked like uh, a marriage that had ended um, unceremoniously and painfully. Mm-hmm. Both of those can be true at the same time. Um, a lot of questioning uh, that are, that was kind of attached to that on who I am and what I want. Um, I was placed while in that relationship in a, in a, in the role of being a, a caretaker mm-hmm. more than I was comfortable with at the time or even anticipated. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm 26 at the time. It's like, what do I know about any of this? And, and so it's like, what? Um, so, um, a lot of things not going as expected or anticipated or as even wildly envisioned that they could with, with how our relationship was working out. Um, with realizing that I've, I've done these things and this is the outcome of it. And, uh, I am not feeling a huge amount of satisfaction with the tasks that I am being asked to do in my place of employee at the time. Um, sort of unsatisfied at work, not feeling like the work I'm doing is righteous, certainly not something that's coming from my heart. It was a job and they paid me and um, it was okay. And I, I'm always a fan of public education, but I wasn't doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was, I was giving people with transient jobs data on how other people do it and they're making funding decisions about it. And yeah. that's not a fun place always to be. And who am I? What am I doing? What am I doing here? How did I get here? What is what is all of this? You know, you sort of have this existential, existential, not crisis, but reckoning. And I used that word before and it, I think it fits. Right. What do I really want to do? So, you know, a, a questioning started. It's like, so, okay, if not this, then what? Right. And so... So the decision became grad school. Yeah. You ended up going to UC Davis. Yep. Um, You studied paleontology. Yep. And you tell it as, eh, I've liked dinosaurs since I was a kid. Why not dinosaurs? Um, yeah. yeah. Was UC Davis the only school you applied to? Yeah. How'd you know it was the one? I had some hookups out there. Mm-hmm. Um, hookups not in the sketchy way. Hookups in the, uh, I knew some of the faculty. Uh, out there through contacts. Um, I knew a couple of the people that had gone there. A good friend of mine mm-hmm. um, who's not the California Academy of Sciences. Hey, Peter, if you listen, it's awesome. Um, uh, they were doing what I liked. Mm-hmm. You know, the faculty out there was doing the questions that I liked. Um, the allure of the West Coast is not one that can be ignored mm-hmm. in this. It's like... I'm going to quit my job and go to graduate school in Indiana. No, it wasn't that. It was like, I could, I can, I can do California. I could do the West coast. Um, uh, my sister always wanted to, 
you know, do a California thing. Uh, and she never did. And uh, she passed away before she could. So it's like, there wasn't this, I'm doing it for her kind of thing. It, it, there was this, um, well, one of us has got to, <laughs> I will take one for the team and move to California, which is not taking one for the team, by the way. That's, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Not easy though. Um, not easy. It's a, it's a price jump from St. Louis to, to Northern California. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some cheap living. Um, but it was the only place that I applied to. And uh, I got the, 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 the big thick envelope and not the little one, thankfully. Yeah. And then it was, uh, once that shows up at the door, I mean, applying is, a, and I tell this to my students all the time, you don't make a decision whether or not you're going to do a thing while you're applying. When you have some yeses and some noes back, then then we'll, we'll have it we'll have a chat on on where your heart is. And uh, when that big envelope comes back that says congratulations, like holy shit, um, and then it comes down to there is this opportunity here. Is this something that I'm going to do, mm-hmm. or am I just gonna stay where I am? And uh, Ultimately, from there, the decision was made made purely on just fear, just the terrifying implications of what, who would I be if I had this opportunity to do this thing that I went after, that I decided to do, and I didn't take it. Um, And every failure in my life that I had had would pale in comparison to me not taking that opportunity. It's like, well, big boy, you, you said you wanted to. And so here you go. Do it. Uh, okay. You do realize, universe, this requires me putting all my shit in the back of a car, quitting my job and moving to California, right? It's like, yeah, isn't this what you wanted? And it's like, uh, well, fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah, and it, like the reason is why, like, why paleontology? Why would I? It's like I don't know. I liked I liked I liked fossils when I was six. I don't know. Is that or be? I always wanted to be a paleontologist or an astronaut. And my vision had gone to shit by then, so it's like space travel was pretty much out. Right. Uh, the dinosaurs. And I was already thirty, care. you know. So it's like, what am I gonna, you know, quit my job at thirty and go back to what join the air force? <laughs> um, I don't love heights. Uh, I get, I get, <laughs> I get seasick a little. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it didn't seem right, but it's like, Hey man, I can swing a hammer at a rock. I can do a little math. I can, I got grit. I know how to suffer. Like graduate school. I've done this before. I know how this goes. PhD level. Not, you know, it wasn't master's level like it was, but so that brings its own uniqueness to it. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? And that, was it starting over or not? I don't know. Well, did it on feel paper? Like it looks it was like starting it, but over? no, no, no. It was like it was. I'm going to do this next thing, and I got everything I I could get out of this thing that I was doing. There's no lessons left here for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go find some new ones. Yeah. Well, so I think we've been talking about starting over on this like grand scale. Right? Like the big yeah. life changes. Um, but we we do start over on a smaller scale too. Yeah, it's where we start like daily. Daily. Yeah. Like within a day. Within an hour. Within a minute. Yeah, within a minute. You start over all the time. Right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like the there's a freedom in the ability to be able to start over. Whether it's throwing all your stuff in a Ford and driving across the country, or it's the opportunity to be able to say, ooh, I see who I'm being in this moment, and I'd rather not. I'm going to yeah, start over. Right. This is not going the way I thought it would. I'm going to press the button on this. and This is over. not who I want to be. Yeah, this is not who I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the, the kind of starting over... Um, that maybe I'm I'm most interested in right now is paying attention to the opportunity to start over within a day, within a week, within an hour, within a relationship. Like the do-overs in the everyday are really interesting to me. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. Um and again, it's like how do you make that decision on when to do that? And 
Is part of it just knowing that you can? I Maybe knowing that you can. I think it requires... Knowing that it will benefit you is also important, I think. Mm. Right? Like... Um, it, it takes a certain amount of self-awareness, I think, to, to recognize, like, oh, this is not going down the way I want it to. And be able to... Oh, to notice it and be aware of it and then to make the change. Like, I think that, um, yeah, it's a, it's a heavy responsibility, I think in some ways, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's, there's, there's almost two levels of, 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 of lessons here. And one of them is, it's like, okay, I mean, I'm just going to use the, the phrase that I sort of used before. I've learned all the lessons there are to learn in this situation. And now I'm going to go find another one. And another lesson to be learned is that, that's something you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can. You can. Without, yeah. <laughs> without feeling guilt, without feeling remorse, without feeling like you're backtracking, without feeling like time was wasted. Start, I don't want to say over, um, start anew. Come to it again. Come to it again. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that's a kinder way to reframe your essay experience. I'm like, I lost everything and now I have to do it over. It's like, well, you lost everything and now you have. Sorry, this is going to be obnoxiously treacly spin. You have the wonderful opportunity to take your lessons learned right. <laughs> from the first experience and you can apply them to another attempt, uh, which is due in five hours. So quit screwing around and get to it, Spiegel. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it's an interesting, like, it's an interesting thing to think about because we are now, uh, you know, my mixer is telling me we are now 50 minutes into this podcast. Yeah, and so yeah. in 10 to 15 minutes, if we hit the stop button and we both discover that we have recorded nothing over the last hour. Don't even talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would run through you? Oh, damn, that was a good one. Ah, I would feel it would something it'd be feeling. It's like, no. Do you think we could record again on the subject? Yeah. Wouldn't be the same one. No. Wouldn't be the same one by any, by any stretch. It wouldn't be the same one. Would it be better? (sighs) No. Are you sure? No. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have something to say about, uh, well, if, if I said yes, I would feel like I was making something up. If I said no, um, I, I have the luxury of saying it would be different. Yeah. Um, it might be worse. It, it might, might be, be worse, you know, because it's like part of me would be trying to read, capture the same points or stories or experience if we if we if if we lost this and we started over i'd start with so sherry you wrote this research paper once right how'd that go <laughs> and it was like you know i threw my shit in a car once and drove to california i mean and it would be we would skip over the the process we'd get right to the main points we would lose the we would lose the sauce and we would just have the 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 steak and potatoes so to speak and um, we wouldn't have the dressing we wouldn't have you know the awkward not awkward thoughtful thoughtful pauses of hmm i don't know what do you think about them i don't know let me take a minute with that um well, it would be it would be a vastly different vastly different product that's one way of beginning vastly again different. right so the way that you're describing that totally is beginning again but it's beginning again begrudgingly right like so what's yeah. happening in there yeah. is like oh Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna go through this again, Sherry. You know your part, Paul. You know your part. Let's go. Yeah, right, it'd be the so, ghost. The ghost of of failure past would be haunting us. And, right, uh, and know. so we wouldn't be, we wouldn't really be beginning again. We would be rehashing. Yeah, and that, that's yeah, not right. you know. That's and different. I think about this um, from a teaching perspective. One of the reasons I get so exhausted by the time I get to Thursday um, is because I teach 
the same lesson plan four times yeah. for my four 111s. I got a hard time doing that twice. Like if I do the class like twice during a semester, like I have a hard time on like the second time. I'm just like, God, four. I can't even imagine that. Right. And but then when I wake up on Friday morning and I'm teaching a different class, like I'm like, I'm like a totally new person because I'm not rehashing. I'm beginning again. Right. Like it's it's a new opportunity. So I think if we lost this podcast, I hope we don't. I hope Um, we don't. Maybe not. But if we did and we began again, I think we would have a choice to make in that returning to the experience. Yeah. Are we going to rehash what we did? Or are we going to take the opportunity of that failed attempt and let it drive the new version? may we not ever have to make that decision is sort of where I'm thinking right now. But it's like, I might, I, I, I don't know what I would do. I don't want to find out, you know, I might suggest, I don't know, maybe we just let, let's record something else um, and completely different topic. And we'll try We'll give this one another crack after I forget about it. This is fascinating. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't this know what is, I would do. This is fascinating to me because usually when something doesn't go right, like I cling to expectations and you're like, okay, look at the opportunity. And this time you're like, nope. <laughs> uh, it would be the opportunity to record something completely different until I forgot about this one. <laughs> and the, you know, yeah, a little so bit of frustration with it. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, uh, I'm just yeah, so okay. interested in like, Paul Paul is demonstrating resistance and yeah, I'm I, interested. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting. I don't know what I would do. I don't want to find out. No, we're it's they're there. We're we're probably not going to find bag, out. You know, yeah. it's okay, Paul. You start breathing into a bag over here. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, that's that's it. You know, I mean, is is every time something doesn't go as expected, is that show up as a loss? Mm-hmm. It's like is is that when is that a failure? Is that a loss? If 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 it is, my God, it's going to be a long hard life. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a time of year to, to talk about that heading into a Thanksgiving, like, like none other since the Spanish flu, right? Um, uh, this is not a Thanksgiving that a lot of people I think would say that they want to do over having this one not going well, specifically as it is. Um, but we have conditions that are applying here that are unusual. Um, so I think this is a Thanksgiving where we're all just going to try to do our best we can with what we got and Mm -hmm. remember it as kindly as we can looking forward to a time when we can do other stuff. But I, I also think that's why this holiday season we have to let ourselves begin again. Yeah. Because if all we're doing is clinging to how do I replicate the version I had last year over Zoom? How do I like if we're forcing it like it's so similar to like what the the horribly, terribly trite version of this podcast we could do again if we had to do it again. Yeah. Where we're just trying to replicate the thing that's lost to us instead of seeing a new opportunity. Yeah. Right? Like, don't and, bother. Yeah. If that's it, don't bother. You know? Yeah. So like, that's what we have to do with this holiday season. Of course, our listeners will be listening to this episode after they've had their Thanksgiving experience. Yeah, a day or two. Um, but perhaps as they move into other holidays this year, uh, it might be useful to think about how do we begin again this holiday season instead of how do we rehash the old in yeah. new ways? Yeah, because it's it's. Uh, I'm going to try to talk about this as kindly as possible because I realize that this is a challenging year for a lot of people in a lot of ways, and these holidays are among those challenging things. So I don't want to come across as being sort of flippant or unkind or uncaring. What an opportunity we have here to try something new, right? I don't know if that's the right approach to take. But going in a month out from, you know, some of our larger, more widely celebrated end of year denominational or non-denominational things coming up in the end of December, whether you're a Christmas person, a solstice person, a New Year's Day person, a whatever, 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 you know, an Advent person, you know, whatever you are, you know, a full month out 
that the experience that you're going to have this year is unique. Um, we're not going to cram a million people into Times Square. No. We're just not. No. Adjust your expectations now. Uh, there's no need to hope uh, in this case <laughs> for that outcome. It is not going to happen. Period. Full stop. Um, so the just the reckless and wanton abandonment of expectation on on this holiday season looking anything outside of the food aspect of it, maybe, um, like it did in previous years, allows us to re-envision and reimagine what it could be. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of where we started a little bit. Uh, is pull off the band-aid on that and um as soon as we can we can make that shift into saying okay i know this is not going to go the way that it did last year i know we're not going to be traveling with the same people in the same way to the same places at at, or at all Mm -hmm. um i know we're not gonna you know have the table extender right so we can fit more people around this table out i know i'm not gonna be cooking a 29 pound turkey or whatever god things people do right this year because there's only two of us or whatever the sooner i can i can adjust and and sort of confront that pull the band-aid off feel it as it is and start thinking about okay what can i do because once we once we recognize the things that we know that we're not going to do or be able to do uh, we can we can move on to the things that we can, mm-hmm. and my my recommendation, and this is for myself, and this is how I live my life. Look look at the wound directly, know where you are, recognize it for what it is, mm-hmm. see that as truth, and the sooner you can do that, we can start thinking about what we can do. Right, and regardless of what the holidays look like this year. With January 1st, we will begin again. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's one thing that we know we tend to do is we observe a refresh, a reset, a restart on January 1st. Um, So I think, you know, we have the opportunity, like I'm not one for New Year's resolutions. Mm Mm-hmm. you know, most of the time I make ridiculous ones. Like one year I wanted to pet more dogs. I did very well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think there's an opportunity to, with New Year's to think about in what ways are we looking to begin again? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did we, what did we learn from the last go? Yeah. That we can, we can apply to this, to this new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. And there are lessons in this. There, there are. There are lessons in this. Um, yeah. Oh, man, 2021, I really want to start a podcast, but we're socially distanced. Can you do it? Is that something people can do? Apparently. Oh, yes. It is. Uh, it is. Um, I want to maintain social bonds with people who mean a lot to me. Can I do that? Uh, yeah, you can. It might not look the way that it, you want it to, or it might not look the way that you know it, but you yeah. can do it. Um and am I going to miss some things that were lost? Yeah. You are. And and we can take those lessons and Get see curious. it for what it is. Yeah. Adjust, pivot, dodge mm-hmm. as much as we can, uh, feel things for what they are, take a breath. Eat a hot meal, get a night's sleep. You can always start over. Um, and I, I use that phrase. Uh, Sharon Salzberg is more known for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't think that I'm coming up with that. She's referring to a meditation practice when she does. Yeah. Um, what happens if you're if you're on the cushion, you know, and your mind gets distracted? You can always start over. Just always start over. Mm-hmm. Okay. One. You can always go back to one. It's cool. Um. Nothing was lost. Nothing was failed. You know, the practice is not in how long can I keep a clear mind. The practice is when I know that I'm being caught, can I start over? You know, the practice is, it's a practice of starting over. Mm -hmm. It's a practice of starting over. 
Yeah. You don't learn how to ride a bike by riding a bike. You learn how to ride a bike by starting over. And knowing that it's okay. You fell off at school. It's okay. That's what happens. Get back on. Start over. And the more times you practice starting over, the less resistance you have, the more fluidity you can do it. Turns out the longer you stay on the bike. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I mean, once you know you can start over, it's like you don't have to worry about it and you can focus on actually riding. Yeah. You know, once you know that once you fully accept it and are not resistant and know that you can always start over during your meditation practice, uh, you stop thinking about it and you stop worrying about it. You stop judging yourself for it and mm-hmm. clear mind. You know, it, it's, it's curious. It's curious. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it requires an awareness that momentum isn't the only thing to aim for. Yeah. Um, right. It's not I think a contest. That that's, you know, a lot of my own resistance to starting things over is the way in which I privilege momentum. Yeah. And, right. There are things that I think it's worth giving up momentum for. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially if you figure out, like, you're headed, like, you've got momentum, but you're headed down the wrong path. Yeah. This is not the way I, this could go. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna stop this, arrest this momentum and do something. Right. The reason those bikes come else. with brakes. Yep. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Awesome. Cool. Great chat, Sherry. Indeed. Let's see if this saved. Yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) If it did, I hope you enjoy it, listeners. If it did not, you will hear something on another topic soon, I'm sure. No, I'm going to make Paul record another one about beginning again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just so listeners know, we're we're starting week two, right? Coming up of our, uh, our workshop. Mm-hmm. On, uh, on the holiday survival that's going that's going well um, and people seem well. to be yes. seem to be doing pretty well with it so if you're in that workshop thank you once again and mm-hmm. uh just wait till see what comes up soon it's gonna yeah. be good stuff absolutely and uh we'll have some stuff that we'll be rolling out for 2021 here pretty soon i'm excited me too me too so there will um, be some ways that people could begin again in the new year with us yep Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. And Thanksgiving is in front of us now, but it is behind us by the time this comes out. So, listeners, I hope you had an acceptable Thanksgiving mm-hmm. um, in one way or another. And I hope you find a way to relate to your experiences over Thanksgiving with peace and kindness. Mm-hmm. And we're looking forward to new stuff. What do you say, Sherry? Uh, agreed. 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 Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye, y'all. We'll talk soon. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Podcast, yes. 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 Yes.